Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Why not? What's that address again? I'm going up the country, baby, don't you want to go? I'm going up the country, baby, don't you want to go? I'm going to some place where I've never been before. Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the always devout Karen Randazzo. Because mangoes are too small and watermelons fall apart too easy? <laughs> and the ever-pious Chris Randazzo. You make a fine three bean salad. <laughs> we Yes, I do! <laughs> we here on this week's episode talk television, and we get spoilery, and yeah, so this week I got to make the choice, and I chose Impastor Season One, Episode One. Uh, it's called Genesis. I was titling it the pilot. Um, just like real quick, I think I commented to you guys that you, did did you watch Smallville at all? Mm-mm. No, neither one of us. Okay. See, now one of the main reasons I wanted you to watch this was hoping that you may have seen Smallville because. I watched this, and Michael Rosenbaum. This this show stars Michael Rosenbaum. Shit, that is Lex. Who, now I see it. Who is one of the best Lex Luthers ever to be on film, whether it be television or movie. And I watched him as Lex for about, I think it was seven or eight seasons. And I found out later on, I, I don't know why, all of a sudden my fucking Facebook got filled with advertisements for the second season of this show. Me too. And and I was like, that, that's it's a comedic role. I can't see that. I, I, I want to see how he pulls that off. And it took me, I, I no shit, like three or four episodes to stop thinking that Lex is doing a really shitty Lex job <laughs> and actually watching it as... This guy tried to, to spread his wings and, and do something funny. Um, the show start we the show starts off on a bridge, where we are introduced to the lead character, played by Mo- Michael Rosenbaum. His name is Buddy Dobbs. Buddy Dobbs is I'm gonna say kind of a douche. He's a low life. He's a gambler. He, he's just not a good guy, and he is on this bridge because he has decided it's time for him to commit suicide. And it, the, the, the opening of the show flashes back and forth to him being on the bridge and why he's on the bridge. Um, apparently, he's run into some gambling debt and these guys are out to get him, you know, the, the bookie collectors and whatnot. And within like the first, I don't know, 47 seconds of the show, a guy threatens to, to cut off another man's balls. So I was like, I think I'm in. I'm sold. I'll watch this a little <laughs> bit longer. Um we're f- we we see that Buddy is not a good guy. He's not he's he's not good to his girlfriend, and he's like, I gotta go. You should come with me. Let's do this. It's gonna be great. And she's like, No, I can't. This is that I'm done. I'm out. And he decides that there's nothing left to live for. So he's he he's standing on the edge of the bridge, and and, and as he's getting ready to throw himself. A car pulls over and this guy jumps out and tries to save him. And not by physically pulling him over the railing, but by talking him down. And like immediately you get the, the tone of the show because this guy is going on and on and on about how, you know, it's not that bad. It's, it's not worth whatever it is. It's not worth ending your life for. Do you, do you have faith in God? And we see that the character that is Buddy is is snide and he and he's like you know fuck i'm gonna jump anyway so you don't have to bore me to death and i was like is this like the main character is this the guy who i'm going to be following for however many episodes the show is on as this this friendly dude who just shows up out of nowhere tries to help him he he says 
that you know I care about you and and buddies. No, you know you don't give a shit about me at all. And to prove that he does care about him, this stranger steps over the rail to join him to show that like he, he's a brother in arms. And as he does that, he slips off the rail and plummets to his death. <laughs> now that right there is where I was sold on the show. <laughs> okay, it, the reaction of of Buddy as he's looking down, watching this guy fall, was. Oh, shit. Yeah, his reaction Split. is what sold me because, you know, you know, just totally freaked out and in the moment forgets the position that he's in and, like, raises both his hands to his head and is like, ah, and then almost falls himself. And catches himself, thus not committing suicide. Right, right. Um, in this, this, like, in this interaction between Buddy and I think his name was Jeff. I'm not 100%. Um, Jeff says you know god provides you just have to pay attention and take advantage of what he gives you and as that's slowly rolling through his head he looks over at the dude's car which is now sitting on the side of the road without a driver with its emergency because lights the on. guy who tried to save him explained that you know he knows what despair is because he was he recently didn't have any job or friends or family and he was just offered a new job in a new town and a fresh start and so then there's this all empty car the, sitting there running all those ducks lining up in a row right there on the side of a bridge so he hops into the car and uh, I guess is contemplating on whether he should go or not as the f- dude's phone rings and he answers it. And this there's a, a woman's voice on the other side who, you know, this this is this is the setup that we need. It's just, oh, it's so good to finally hear your voice. So it he, she gives him the address to the house in which this stranger was heading to to meet her so he says fuck it let's give it a shot and he drives off to pretty much take over this guy's life and there are your opening credits and opening credits um so it, it, it's just a pretty good setup i yes. mean as far as just like setting up the overall how they were going to get there because like obviously you can kind of figure out some of what this show is about just by listening to the name of it Impastor. Okay, mm-hmm. that's clever. Uh, and it's a pastor who is an imposter. Okay. So <laughs> trying to figure okay, out how we're it. going to get there uh, <laughs> was was the interesting part. And it kind of came together in a way that I didn't expect and faster than I thought it would. Like, honestly, yeah. I didn't know what to make of this show because I kept just seeing the commercials for it all the time on my Facebook. And I don't know. I kept seeing that it was on TV Land, so I, I, I didn't I, have a whole lot of faith in it. Where but, was TV uh, Land? Pun intended. <laughs> faith. Uh, uh, Is TV Land? Wasn't that like an a channel that just showed old television shows? It was. It's that TV Land is the evolution of Nick at Night. Okay, so now they're doing their own stuff. Well, I guess that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think their first like big show was that Betty White show, Hot in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you Betty know, White. take it or leave it, was a moderate success for them. This is also true. Um, okay, so, Buddy. It is also funny that they're doing this show that's just completely taking the piss out of religion. Um, and this is the same network that pulled Dukes of Hazard off the air because the Confederate flag was on the car. So it's a, I did not know that. <laughs> little on the hypocritical side, but not that I'm pro Confederate flag or pro religion. I'm just saying, from a network standpoint, I do find it rather amusing that this show is as racy as it is, and I mean offensive to a certain demographic as it is. Absolutely, it is. It, it, it's shockingly rough for the channel that it is on. I mean, it's no freaking FX show, but it, it's it is on the racier side. Um, there, there was at least one f bomb dropped in this show. Yeah, I was yeah, curious but, whether that's just because we have the iTunes version, or does this show air in a slot yeah. where they can do that? Well, is there a slot where you can I do that? I don't think I there think is. I think it's like after ten on cable. I think after ten on cable, you can drop the s bomb, but I don't know about right. the f bomb. <laughs> I don't know. I just remember that South Park episode where they made that decision and then South Park put as many fucking curse words in it as they could. <laughs> there was a whole song in one episode, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the the gentleman whose life he's taken over is Jonathan Barlow. He is the, the pastor 
who is who's moved to this quiet little town to take over the 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 reins for this pastor that left a, a year earlier or passed away a year earlier and they've been looking the, the the town folk have been looking for a new pastor for over a year and they finally settled on this guy it is a lutheran community so i'm not a hundred percent sure when it comes to religion what that means but it seems like this whole town revolves around the ministry i don't know a ton about religion but i i from what i know lutheran is one of the more like looser more accepting you know progressive branches of christianity which we find out relatively quickly because uh buddy makes it to the house he's introduced to dora his assistant where he finds out that this community has given him a house um just so that he could be the the pastor uh she is his assistant and she resides at the house from nine to five every day so as with her that, own key. With her own key. So there's a lot of little and love of birds. <laughs> oh, you know her so well. And uh, the cutest outfits. Like if I <laughs> I got the feeling that if I continue to watch this show every week, I'd be like, God damn it, I want that. She is adorable. Dora is adorable. Um we we every time she meets he meets someone new, we're given a little bit more information about the the situation that is you know, Jonathan Barlow getting to, to this spot. Um, apparently, she was the one who communicated with him completely, uh, all via email. Um, so she never saw a picture either, which I think is kind of weird. Um, but sight yeah, unseen, they hired like him. To, uh, <laughs> like, you really got to. Can vet we have this a moratorium <laughs> on, on, like, oh, yes, we hired this person over the internet, sight unseen? <laughs> What that never happens. Stop that. Stop TV. <laughs> Stop Cut it. that the hell out. Um, so he she gives him the basic rundown where in bits and pieces he finally figures out that he is the pastor. Um, nobody knows who he is and that he probably has a little bit of time before people figure out what's going on and he has to, to you know, exit stage left. Um she introduces him to the rest of the crew, which is uh, Alexa, who I'm not 100% sure what her actual job is, um, but she is damn hot for Buddy. Like, she wants him bad. Uh, there is Alden Schmidt, who is, like, the the, the head... I don't, I don't even know. He's, like, the head parishioner. He's, like, in charge of everything. He's very straight-laced, um, very, very stern... He explains to Buddy, because apparently something happened in Florida where Jonathan B- Barlow had his last ministry that he not- he was asked to leave. Um, apparently, it turns out that Jonathan is a gay man, which now Buddy is a gay man. Um, but one of the, 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 the criteria for him to be the pastor for this new church is... That he's allowed to be gay, but as long as he's in the church, he can't partake in any gay relations. And Buddy Which shouldn't be a problem. Buddy immediately agrees to it. <laughs> like, assuredly, yes, absolutely not a problem. Um, I can't remember. There's that third guy. What was his name? Russell. Was it Russell? Okay. Uh, Russell is... I like gay is the day is long. Yeah, he is the stereotypical gay man. And he is he's also pretty hot for Buddy as well. <laughs> so the 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 stage is set for what is going to be, you know, the next season of uh, of television where all the mishaps and, and comedic time and crap is going to happen between these four people. We are introduced to some of his parishioners um there is a woman who shows up. She's worried that her son is finding his way to the the path of Satan. Every little bit that happens in this show, it gives you more insight into who Buddy is. Like, Buddy, Buddy's plan is to ride this wave as long as he possibly can until he gets caught, and then he's going to run. But whilst he's, before he gets caught, he's going to get into Jonathan's bank account and empty it and then go. But all he has to do is figure out 
Jonathan's password because he has his computer. He has all his clothes. He, I think he has his guitar as well. So, like, he is, he is uh, biding his time trying to figure out what his next step is going to be. And as he's doing this, like, all these weird situational things happen to him involving the church. Um, one of which was uh, this, this mother is concerned about her son. Uh, he is... <laughs> okay, this is where that line about the... Mel- okay, she he's being just like a standard douchebag teenager. But the, the kicker was is that she caught him having relations. And before she could actually say with what, we see who... We see yet again... Buddy is, you know, yes, with a girl, she says no. With a woman, she says no. With a guy, no. With a cantaloupe. And his reaction is to what? How? So apparently, (laughs) apparently this kid's microwaving cantaloupes and and coring a hole in them, and it it gives the sensation of being with a woman. And his immediate response to that was, does that actually work? And she, I don't know. Uh, she, he's he's also smoking pot, smoking weed, which she brings to him. So we find out and he immediately knows, like <laughs> the great this A exactly the strain. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> this is some great A shit right here. Um, she wants Buddy to you know talk to the kid, be a stand up male role model for him, and you know, begrudgingly he says, "All right, I'll give it a shot." That everything that he's asked to do. He comes up with a response that's, you know, are you ready to go see everybody else? As ready as I'll ever be. Like, he doesn't say yes. He doesn't say no. He just works. He just rides the flow. He's, he's doing what he needs to do to get to hit, to like, to, to fill his means. He ends up going and talking to this kid, and the kid is a straight-up douchebag. But it's like standard teenager douchebaggery. Um, but he turns it around, gets all religious on him, saying that, you know, there's a special place in hell for children that are mean to their mothers. Well, let's say he he gets all fake religious on. Oh, him. fake, like, definitely he gets like <laughs> a wizard on him and threatens him with like the special hell with all of his clout with the big guy. And I mean, I guess that was the kid that was funny. That was funny. I, I'm going to use all of my clout with the big guy. And he's like, you you can't do that. <laughs> Try me. I'm like, okay, I. Uh, I, I see what he's trying to do here. He's, it seems like he's trying to put a little bit of effort to pass. Um, so apparently that that squares the kid up. Uh, I mean, what it does, what that scene really was to show you is that the, he is like he's intrinsically a con man. A, he's a con man, but he also he's in this position and he kind of wants to do the right thing to an extent. Like his natural reaction is obviously to be selfish, but when he was put in a position to help somebody, he just. He was like, your mom seems like a decent lady, so stop being a dick. <laughs> For two months, he, stop being a dick is yeah. is pretty much his response. And the 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 underlying theme of Buddy is that he is trying to take care of himself whilst doing the right thing. Um, yeah, yeah you, I mean, you, you said in the beginning that he's, you know, a screw up and kind of a not a great guy. And that's true. But he's not a terrible guy. You know, he's not like... No, uh, he's, he's, he's not, not evil. He's not. It reminded me a little of uh, when I listened to a couple of weeks ago when you were talking about Banshee mm-hmm. and uh, it, the, the introduction of the main character on that show. You were saying, like, he's doing this and that and shooting people all left and right. Like, you could tell right away from the way they introduced that character that he was a villain. He was a bad guy. He didn't care about, you know, violence or human life or mm-hmm. anything. This guy, you can tell, like, he's a screw up, but he's, you know, he's... He's yeah, he, not a, like a hardened criminal. Or right, anything. he he is a, a softer criminal. Like he he does wrong things, but not 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 horribly wrong things. Um, the next situation that he's put in is that uh, Alden, you know, the the church elder, if you will, uh, approaches him to to talk to him about his his daughter and his son in law, but he he. Comes to his house, comes to Buddy's house, right? Well, Buddy's outside smoking the kid's weed, realizing how good a score he just made because it's really good stuff. And then he decides that he he the right thing to do is for him to contact his his ex, whom he left back in whatever city town he came from, to let her know that he's alive because 
the cops approached her because they found um, his car on the side of the bridge with a suicide note. Well, I guess you can call it a suicide note. It just says, I'm sorry, there was nothing else I could do. And they found Buddy's car on the side of the bridge and assumed that he committed suicide. Now, and that's the, those characters, I don't know if they come back throughout the rest of the season, but yeah. those cops, <laughs> great, great comic relief. <laughs> that, and, that, and that was, that was what, what my next point was going to be. The, there is this guy. He is, he's in the background pretty much. He, I think his name is Hyde, Detective Hyde, mm-hmm. where he just says, like, by far the most inappropriate thing to say at the time. Like, it's not necessarily curses, it's not insulting people, it's just, like, the wrongest thing you could possibly say. Like, she's the, 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 the girlfriend says, I can't believe that Buddy would jump off a bridge. And Hyde says, oh, that's a very popular place for people to jump. It's, like, the second most popular place for people to commit suicide. X amount of people a year drive, fly, take buses to jump off of this bridge. Like, that's the kind of guy he is. And he doesn't he doesn't realize that he's doing it um detective lavello who is his partner is the realer cop he's not very good at his job either but he is more police-like than than hyde um we find out that hyde is like the chief's nephew or something and he has to take him around you know just deal with his stupidity the entirety of the run that he's on the show these these guys are our insight into what's going on back where Buddy came from. Um, we see how the, the girlfriend's reacting to his demise. We see that the people that were looking for him, that threatened to cut off his balls at the beginning of the show, they don't think he's dead. They're still looking for him. They 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 fucking destroy his apartment fight like took his iphone his tv and everything that this poor girl had and what buddy left and you know that they're still on the hunt for the man that owes them money so buddy is not 100 percent safe yet you know he thought that maybe he would get away with the fact that he'd get some time because you know the whole suicide thing um but that is not the case we we go back to him dealing with um Alden, and apparently his daughter is having issues with her husband because they're having finance, or he thinks they're having financial issues. So Alden, you know, confides in Buddy and asks him to to. Get, he, he Alden feels that the in times of need and struggle, what 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 the what the what the body needs is some good old religion. Like he she needs some scripture. And Buddy's reaction to this is what he she needs what. And he's like, scripture, you know, a Bible passage. Can, can you give my daughter a Bible passage? And Buddy's like, sure. I mean, I, I don't have a Bible. And I, like there was, it, it's, it's in the house of a religious person. There's like probably four dozen Bibles, but there happens to be a Bible sitting right there on the coffee table in between them. So Alden hands it to him and he's like, I, I have the perfect passage and just randomly opens the book. And he goes right here. This one. This is this is this is going to fix her good here. And he passes it off, and Alda goes to read it, and all it is is a passage about people who beget people. You know, the, in religious texts, that means it's the father or the son or the daughter or the mother. It's about family. This person came from this person came from this person, which has absolutely no basis in helping this woman whatsoever with financial troubles. But Buddy plays it cool. He's like, hey, listen, I can't do everything. You know, let her read it, and it'll help her. So so, so Alden's, Alden's, you know, suspicious. He feels that something is going on. And he is the only one who is correct. Something is going on. Everybody else loves this dude. You know, he's, he's, he's like, he's the talk of the town because he keeps helping people and whatnot. And it turns well, out. I mean, at this point, he wasn't actually the talk of the town yet because these these were this was one of the things where he thought he was about to get caught, and then everybody came to him at the at one time and was all like, "Right, because uh, the next time, was, yeah, he thought he was screwed." And then everyone was just like, "Oh, well, what did you say to my son?" The, and like his his 
what's it the the old dude's son comes comes over and who know, happens to a be cop a cop and he thinks he's screwed and um if you're to watch I, any more episodes of this show you'll note that there's a through line i think it's once an episode but he feels like he's getting caught and will run away <laughs> it happens at just about every episode because alden's kid shows up he's you know a police officer and they roll up in a cop car, and he immediately goes. But he immediately thinks, "Fuck, I'm screwed." Uh, Sarah or, and just bolts and tries to <laughs> jump over the fence. <laughs> comedically, might I add, and gets caught by Dora and Alden and Alden's kid. And he's like, "Oh, there, there was a bird. There was a hurt bird, and I was, I was gonna go pray over it, but it's fine now. It walked it off. I was, <laughs> it walked it off. <laughs> I'm sick of joke." <laughs> So it turns out that Alden's daughter and son-in-law were arguing over the fact whether they should have a child or not. And the wife felt that, you know, financially it's not the right time. Son-in-law felt that it was. You shouldn't judge your family by when what you shouldn't uh, think about when to have a family based on money. Have a family <laughs> when it's <laughs> Have a family I when I believe it's... the words I said to my wife was, "We're financially screwed anyway, so let's just do it." <laughs> <laughs> uh, they say there's there's no there's no uh there's no right time to have a child Correct. there's a wrong time to have a child <laughs> just a little piece of parenting advice for you kids out there <laughs> for the for the youth of america thinking about starting a family um so apparently the rando passage that he picked out helped them they're you know everything is cool now with them the kids the 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 mom shows up. She said, you know, you, whatever you said to my son, he, I mean, he hugged me. He said, I'm sorry. He hasn't done that in years. You're the best, buddy. You, you're amazing. Woohoo. And that's like when he starts settling in and becoming more okay with the situation that he's in. He's still a little wary about Alden. I mean, everybody else is on his side. There's not another person in this town that suspects him of being not who he says he is. Um, we're, we find out that Alexa wants him. We find out that Russell wants him because there's this interaction in, in, a, rest, in, a, in a supermarket where, where he's trying to... Still, he still can't get into Jonathan's bank account, so he figured he's going to give his credit card a run, see if that works, and... and there was a cute little passing moment where he's shopping. He's got a shopping cart, and he walks past some fruit, stops, backs up, picks a, a cantaloupe off the shelf, and puts it into his cart, proceeds to head over to the checkout, and the woman behind the counter is like, I, I'm sorry, I need to see photo ID. I can't I can't swipe a credit card without photo ID. And that's what Alexis... Which, again, who asks for photo ID when using a credit card? Well... I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's to the point where cashiers don't even touch your card anymore you do you do everything you take care of everything um but this is a little small town so i guess i can buy that right but that's but when you know, it's a plot device yeah yeah it, right. it, it, it's absolutely a plot device to I'm show nitpicking. how small this town is and you know alexa says oh this is the new pastor but he's oh i didn't know i'm sorry and he's like yeah throw 100 throw 100 bucks in there as well cash thank you and he walks off with groceries 100 bucks of this guy's money and the the interaction with him and Alexa goes well, but there was a, an awkward moment when Russell shows up and he's like, you know, I want, I you know, I, I want to cook you dinner. You know, you eat, I cook. It's kismet. I thought that was adorable. Russell is a cute, like his character is adorable as well. There's a lot of very adorable people on this show. He's adorable, but he also has a catty edge, which I liked a lot about him. <laughs> that is absolutely true. There Not is... sure about those shoes. <laughs> yes, that's the the cattiness. Comes that came out. very close <laughs> to being my quote. <laughs> that was a two part. I'd have to bounce back and forth. I understand why you passed on it. Um, the, the 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 town is still settling in. He has yet to do a sermon, but he has to. He's, he's his big show is going to be the first Sunday and. Alexa contacts him saying, you know, listen, I want to I want to set up a, a, a welcoming party for you. Do you mind if I come over so we can talk about it? And he's like, sure. So at that point, he 
you know, gets dressed and he's try- he's fixing his hair, which was really awkward for me because I watched this guy for like seven years, bald as a baby's ass. Watching him fix his hair was just off-putting for me. But he has this moment where he's trying to fix himself and make himself look good for this this woman. And he's like, no, no. I am a gay man. She is one of my flock. She's just coming over to talk about a party. That's it. The doorbell rings, finishes fixing his hair, and he heads over to the door to answer it. And on the other side of the door are the two men who have physically accosted him at the very beginning of the episode. They're there to collect their money. And that's where the episode ends. This is a half-hour sitcom. Well, actually, it's 23 minutes long, and we've been discussing it for over 30. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I have to fill in at least a half of the show. I enjoyed this show. I mean, it, really, I did. Couldn't you tell. enjoyed this show? Listen, you, you know just what? Chris? Described every single scene <laughs> and every single hmm. joke in the entire episode. Hmm. Let's see. I know more about fucking Dragon Ball Z than I care to mention, sir. Okay, boys, boys. <laughs> The show is a lot of fun. A man named Liam Neeson once said, "Now is not the time for dick measuring." <laughs> I enjoy the show a lot. Uh, it gets it's standard sitcom fare, but I like seeing Rosenbaum actually do something else. He he had a couple other parts in some other movies where he was the dick. He was a, a straight man, and apparently, see this that was really interesting to me because the only other thing I know him from is a relative comedic role. He was the Flash in the Justice League cartoon. Yes, uh, he was in a couple of movies. One of them was. Um, Oh my god! It was out of towners. I want to say, where he played a a a a, a, a douchebag from a law firm. Like it was in, it was somewhat of a comedic role, but he was the the I don't know the sniveling douchebag. Um, he he pl- the one character that he played for the longest was Lex, and he did a phenomenal phenomenal job in that show. Um, his voice is kind of familiar. I mean, he was a lo- he was Flash in a lot of the the animated series stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like for all of Justice League and and Justice League Unlimited, he was Wally West, and mm-hmm. I mean that's that's what I know him from the most. Because like I said, I didn't watch Smallville, and Justice League ran for what four seasons, I think. Uh, Which you know yes. is, is is paltry compared to Smallville's eighty-five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was only on for eight of them or seven of them, so it's it's okay. <laughs> I thought he did a really good job. For I, I, he was fantastic. I, I really really liked this show. I mean, thank you for bringing this to my to our attention because uh, we, we were I I laughed out loud several times. Good this show it was just great. Good. I'm glad you guys yeah. liked it. I did not. I mean, you guys are saying your Facebook feeds were all cluttered with ads for this show. I don't know what you're looking at to get that type of direct marketing, but it, I had heard absolutely zero about this show. Never seen Smallville. Not familiar with Rosenbaum, other than now that you pointed out as the voice of uh, of Wally, of the Flash in uh, Justice League. Um, but this was the perfect thing. We were like, we had a long weekend and at the very end of it we found the time to sit down and watch the show and it just cheered us both right up good i'm glad you know what i like about the show as well is that the rest of the episodes you get a lot more in depth of the 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 surrounding cast of characters and they all do a phenomenal job as well so good stuff good stuff quite all right very good stuff um let's take a quick break we'll do some commercials And when we come back, we're going to talk some news. Um, Yet again, I'm going to say it now. There's there's the spoiler warning at the beginning of the show. I'm going to say it now. Spoiler warning for the news. And I'll probably repeat that again when we come back from the break. Okay? Spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoilers. Stay tuned. Geekade's 31 Days of Halloween is all about celebrating the scary. But there's another Halloween tradition that is worth our attention. Candy. Last year... John and Chris created the controversial Geekade Top 10 Candy Bars. And this year, they set out to finish what they started by ranking all the non-bar candy out there. Join the discussion and read Geekade's Top 10 Candy, Not Bars. 
We here at Geekade are big fans of the Twilight Zone, as evidenced by our Twilight Zone podcast submitted for your approval. Do you like the Twilight Zone? I like the Twilight Zone. The creator of the legendary TV show, The Twilight Zone, did more with his career than just The Twilight Zone. Our very own Chip Garrison joined in on the 31 days of Halloween fun by talking about Rod Sterling's other TV series. Don't miss Geekade's scariest moments, Night Gallery. Gabby Robbins usually spends her time writing monthly articles about automating your home with cool pieces of technology. But since we're in the midst of Geekade's 31 days of Halloween, she decided to see how these fancy tools might help create the ultimate in haunted house scares. Head over to the Think Tank and read Haunted Autopilot, a fantasy guide to an automated haunted house. Dan is a man who knows no fear. But at the tender age of 12, fear did happen to pierce his soul. That fear came in the form of a classic horror movie monster starring in a genuinely crappy horror movie. Be sure to check out GeekAid's scariest moments, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth. You can catch all this great stuff plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you for paying attention to our commercials. Um, okay, we're going into the news. Spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Okay, now okay. That, that gave them time to shut down and do whatever they needed to do. Spoilers for The Walking Dead. Spoilers specifically. Right now you're just saying spoilers. Yeah. And like they, they don't know what we're just spoilers. <laughs> spoilers for The Walking Dead. Um, I guess we could start with that one. So, yeah. All right. Who watched it? I watched it. I watched it. Did you it. watch it? I watched it. Okay. Karen did not watch it. Do we want, do we want it? Well... Has Here's it- what I want to do, because Karen and I have talked at great length how we feel about the show and obviously how we felt about the season finale and last season as a whole. Okay. Now, I want Karen to guess who did Negan kill. Okay. Okay. So, um, I'm going to walk you through my thought process. <laughs> okay. My first uh, guess was that it was Eugene, uh, partially because... I saw a lot of reaction, all spoiler free, but I saw a lot of reaction to the episode saying that, you know, it wasn't satisfying. And I'm like, well, who would they kill that would not be satisfying? Probably Eugene is the potential victim I care the least about. Which one's Eugene? The mullet. The guy with the mullet. Okay. Thank Um, you. And also because the first picture related to that episode that I saw online after it was from Chris Hardwick's Instagram account where it was a picture of him, what I assumed were his guests that night for Talking Dead. It was him, um, Norman Reedus, Greg Nicotero, and the guy who played Eugene. And I'm like, well, it wouldn't they they didn't kill the executive producer. They didn't kill (laughs) 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 they have you fooled, Karen. (laughs) They didn't kill Daryl because there was no riot. Um and you know there's plenty of people out there who would have rioted if Daryl died. This is very true. Uh, and so, process of eliminate. They didn't kill Chris Hardwick on the show because he's not on it. <laughs> um, so I assumed it was that. Today I saw a meme that made me think that they killed Glenn. So that's what I think. They killed Glenn. Okay. Uh, you are partially correct. They killed two people. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> this is this is how. Was I... it Eugene and Glenn? <laughs> No, it was, uh, it says, you know, this is, this is how I was spoiled, um, because I scrolled, I, I happened to have the misfortune of having friends, a friend who actually likes a page that's called Walking Dead Spoilers, and like a half an hour after the episode aired, there was a picture of the two actors that were killed off, saying like, thanks for all your great service or whatever, and I was like, well, there sh- shoots that in the ass. <laughs> And that's such a sucky way to do it because, like, you didn't like that page, but it was in your feed because someone else you know yeah. liked it. Like, that's not fair. No, now, but it's so, social media. If you don't want anything yeah. spoiled, you got to avoid it. That's it. Yeah. So, uh, first they killed Abraham. Fuck. <laughs> I like him. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, is that killing Abraham was just like killing Eugene for the most part because. We like him, but we don't really care about him. Mm-hmm. Or at least I don't. So if they kill Abraham, it's kind of a puss out. Because it's not one of the characters that we're really attached to. 
And wasn't Abraham one who, like, in the finale, this is very foggy for me how many months ago it was, but he was, like, kind of stood up to Negan. A little like, bit. Like, talked back to him a little. He okay. also really had a death wish for himself and uh, dumped his girlfriend to go try to bank Sasha. And, <laughs> and then she she rejected him. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, good time for him to die. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, the other person they killed was Glenn, which is the biggest the the biggest the biggest dick in the ass dick in the ass because <laughs> that just makes me hate the last season even more with the the dumpster fake out with Glenn mm-hmm. if yeah. they were just going to kill him like two episodes later fuck you show <laughs> i mean really really fuck you and um well they tied in was, Glenn's death to Daryl yeah, because uh, you know they killed the shit out of Abraham. Daryl kind of lunges at uh, at Negan, and as punishment, Negan decides to kill somebody else. Oh, yuck! Yeah, it was. This was a very brutal and uncomfortable hour of television, um, mm. which I can only describe as torture porn. It was. It was the comic. Scene? No, it was worse than the comic. Because it was no, moving. This, see, scene for scene, no, it was no, the see, comic. The th- yeah, scene for scene was the comic, but the context was completely different. Because in the comic, it was issue 100, it was it was an event, but nobody knew that somebody was going to die. It just happened in the comic, and then all of a sudden, oh shit, they just killed somebody. They just in killed this, an original recipe character. They killed an original recipe episode, uh, character. In this one, it was jabbing you in the ribs we're gonna kill somebody we're gonna kill somebody in the season finale you don't get to know who it is six months or however many months later here that was how they ended the finale now we start the show what you'd think you'd pick up on is all right who did he kill nope 14 minutes into the episode before we find out who he killed and that was something that i was afraid they were going to do was even go longer than that but to start out like with a with ever morgan fucking carol and yeah other people who were not at the negan scene yeah no it was 14 minutes of a bunch of the assholes. aftermath of negan having killed somebody and then kind of twisting back into it and the whole this is a difficult episode to judge because on one hand it was tremendously acted but on mm-hmm. the other hand it was it was an hour of the Red Wedding. There was so much pausing and shattering all over the place. It was... I just... I genuinely think the show crossed a line in the teasing. I mean, they went through and showed, like, Rick thinking about what could happen by showing all the other characters getting hit with the bat. Because they've shot it, so let's 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 fake out the audience. Let's make you think that everyone's dying, and it's it was all so cheap. It was so uncomfortably brutal in a way that just didn't. I don't know. Jeffrey Dean, Dean Morgan was phenomenal as Negan. He was absolutely fantastic. Andrew Lincoln killed it as it just you saw the complete and utter defeat of rick in this episode the, you saw the that character entire episode down usually yeah. like usually they they have the turnaround within at least f- for the episodes that i've seen there is some sort of defeatist moment where everything everything is down 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 and then there's the turn where one of the characters mm-hmm. starts to succeed in some way shape or form there was none of that in this episode well i mean not till the end i mean not I mean, succeed is kind of a harsh word but i mean at the end, where Maggie is the first one to stand up. Oh, I'm so, I was, I was mainly. Leave. I was talking about Rick. The, his character, yeah, his yeah. character line. He was, he was just shy of dead for the entirety of the episode. Yeah, I mean, there was a point. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out to you that there was a point in the episode where Negan tells Rick that he has to cut Carl's arm off, and with his own hatchet. Just and he's, and he's making him do. It. He's like, you do this now, or I kill everybody else here. Like that's it. And then, you know, Morton Negan stops him, like, just before he actually does it and says, this is the power I have over you. Like, it was a series of mind games, but it didn't need to be that long. 
like it felt long by the time it's it's is an interesting thing for a tv show to do to make some make you feel that uncomfortable by the end of it but if i'm looking at it from just a storytelling point of view like at, at a certain point this episode stopped being about telling a story and started being about how much they could make you uncomfortable and if you know a bit more about the behind the scenes and if you are pissed off about season six and you know that they know they're already renewed for another season and you know that the pattern that this show follows like previous season season six premiere was really freaking awesome and then it just went for a good long while i don't know man i was not a fan of this episode like the front half of it where it was just Negan torturing everybody and you just you're just watching this happen and it just keeps on going and going and going and long after we've gotten the point like us as an audience long after we have understood who Negan is and what the story needs to tell us it kept on going and that is very different from the comic because the comic did not do that the comic did not stretch that shit out, which is really interesting because it was a monthly book, mm -hmm. you know, and that felt more concise than this episode. It just kept going. Well, here, I'm going to give you my opinion from the other side, from someone who really didn't give a shit about the show. I'm probably going to watch this season. Okay, this episode, first off, I was fine with the uncomfortability of it because that's what I was expecting. Okay, I, I, I felt with the character that is Negan, that his introduction in the last episode, I wanted more of that, and I got it. Now I'm going to probably watch this season for Negan, because I actually am interested in that character. I want to see... He is hilarious. He is, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. So, oh, there you go. There's our our spoiler free. No, there was no spoiler freeness about that at all. Yeah, uh, well, I will say that probably the biggest issue I had with the entire episode. At one point, Negan asks one of his uh, his his cohorts for a pen, mm -hmm. and that man clearly gave him a marker. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true, very true. It, it was of the Sharpie style as well. Uh, it really took me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quick notes about. This episode, not the, the behind-the-scenes type stuff, uh, over 17 million viewers for this episode. Um, I found out in reading this article that The Walking Dead holds the top three most viewed episodes so far, mm -hmm. all with around 17, 17, 2. That's a lot of fucking people. The average rating for the show is about 8 to 8.5. And when I say 8, 8.5, yeah, that's show is huge. It's, it's 8 million people. According to the Nielsen ratings, blah 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 blah. Uh, the show is still huge, um, mm -hmm. so it took a little bit of a dip, you know, throughout the season and whatnot, so on and so forth. But still, the on the average, the premiere episodes of of The Walking Dead garner seventeen million viewers. So that's why. It's well, I'm <laughs> I'm personally tagging out. Um, I'm I have no interest in trying to keep up with this on a weekly basis. Uh, it's a not after it, this level of shenanigans, and uh, we're probably just going to catch it on Netflix after. Yeah, this it's also more difficult for for you. So, uh, like, turns out it's not. Oh, really? Um, it was completely and totally free on their website. It seems that the AMC app looks to be running similar to the CW app. No, oh, so you had it fully available to you next day. I mean, I don't know if it was next day. I okay. looked at it last night, and I just wanted to see what it was like, and I was like. Oh, shit. No login required. Just watch it now. Cool. Okay. Neat. Okay. But still, I, 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 I'm not spending any more time on this than I absolutely have to. <laughs> or effort. Yeah, exactly. I just... I have, I have, I have TV shows out there that that bring me joy. <laughs> There's TV mm -hmm. shows out there that I think are genuinely entertaining. And season six burned me on this show and I love The Walking Dead we've been watching it since the beginning I think it's a phenomenal television even the seasons that have been um, what a lot of people consider to be garbage I really enjoyed the show I've stood up for it all along but no way man you have you have pissed me off <laughs> and I'm too tired for this shit alright so let, let's blow through some other news um, Drunk History Hamilton episode Yay! Yay! 
Um, it has an air date. That's really all the news. Yeah, that it, there it is got an say. it got an air date. And, it, and, and me reading this, is he not actually on the episode? Is he just doing voiceover? Yeah, I think he's the narrator. Well, I, I think the the reenactors are going to be other people. Well, it that's how it usually is. But there is portions of the episode where he's there, like he's drinking and talking with the host, mm-hmm. and you see that. I didn't get that. It felt like it was just like he wasn't there for the recording. I don't know. No, I th- I think he's in it. Okay. Good. We're talking about Lynn Manuel Miranda. Oh yeah, for sorry. People who, who can't read our minds. <laughs> sorry, Mister Creator and uh, Original Broadway Cast Star of Hamilton and American Musical. He is getting uh, a Drunk History episode about Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> like, which is amazing. Uh, Do I, not get me started singing that. Anyway. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, that's that's good. That's good to see. Um, okay, apparently Dwayne the Rock Johnson has way more time on his hands than I expected. He's now doing a television, or he's they're going to be filming a pilot. Him and well, his production company and Will Ferrell's production company are getting together to do a wrestling-based television show about the the drama that is not wrestling. Okay, like WWE style has all those storyline bullshit. It's the stuff behind the scenes of that. I like Johnson. (laughs) I like Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, I'm going to have to cut that out. not getting any better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to move on. I find him funny. I will watch this television show, see, see, because it's also got Will Ferrell. So that's all sorts of good. Um,. Did either of you watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show shit? I did. And? Eh. Okay. I'm not a Rocky Horror person. I'm sorry, Internet. Please don't email me. <laughs> well, they did it differently. Yeah, Karen and I don't really care for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and I'm fairly certain we're the only two on the planet. <laughs> I can honestly say I have never met another human being. I mean, even babies. Like, <laughs> they're just born immediately. Like, no, I love rock, Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think it's the best thing ever. And then they throw a roll of uh, toilet paper at you and tell you to do the time yeah, warp. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Um, uh, yeah, she's the only other person I've ever met. Well, Fox did this. I, I, okay, they say it's... I thought they were saying that it was live. But this was I thought was it was going to be live, too, but it clearly wasn't. No, they, they, it was taped. It was Rocky. It was just a new version of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Great. Uh, got a 1.7, which is not, I mean, in comparison to fucking Walking Dead, that's nothing. <laughs> but uh, apparently it did help Fox's ratings for Thursday. Got a shot in the arm that it you know, normally doesn't have because of the of, uh, footballs. So, yay, good for them. I don't know. I, I, I may watch it at some point in time, like way later. I wasn't like on the edge of my seat waiting for this yeah, to, to come about. Yeah, there was... Uh, aside from Laverne Cox's performance, nobody really impressed me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Okay, I figured that she would be the she would be the best part of that show. Um, Chris, I think you posted this one about Adam Scott guest starring on The Good Place. Yeah. Okay. I, I like him. Have Have either of us? I like him. I like the show. Have you yeah. seen the show? Okay, we like the show. Oh yeah, we've been watching the show. It's because I know it's it's, it, it's tied in with um, Married, right? Same people that wrote Married? No. Is it? I could have sworn that's what I read. I don't know. It's got a Parks and Rec connection. That's the one that I know about. But Well, the Parks and... Well, those are the... Anywho, doesn't really matter. Um, well, good for him. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I like Adam Scott. He's he's a very funny guy. Every time I see him, he's just, he's just a very dry humor, which I like. So. I think that'll work really well on this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a very entertaining show, and he gets to act with Bell again, Kristen Bell. She mm-hmm. she uh, they did that. What was that show that we watched? Party Down. Yes. I liked that and whatnot. So all right, good, 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 good. Um, all right, sad news for me. I don't know how much it, it affected you guys. Um, I was actually Chris. You posted this. I was going to mention this. Uh, comic artist Steve Dillon passed away. Uh, yes. I wanted to mention this on the on the podcast because yeah that that was that's pretty sad. He wasn't very old. No, fifty fifty four passed away. Yeah. We I don't know why or how as of yet. 
Uh, the reason I have the ability to bring it up on here was Steve Dillon was co-creator of Preacher. Um, so that was a television show. It's it's sad. I mean, he brought a lot of yeah. Like he had he was a very talented human being that brought a lot of really good stories to life with art. A number of them have been transformed into television shows. I mean the 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 version of the Punisher that we got mm-hmm. in Daredevil was I mean I'm was pretty him. sure was pretty heavily influenced by Dylan's yep. uh, version of the Punisher Hellblazer and obviously yeah, yeah Hellblazer as well which was um, what did they call it they did it call it Hellblazer it was uh, la, 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 la. Constantine? Constantine so. And I mean, Steve Dillon's art is a very love it or hate it kind of thing. Um, oh yes, yes, it's very I'm polarizing. Not a, I'm not the hugest fan of it. I think it works really well in Preacher. I think it was terrifying when he did the Hulk, because <laughs> because uh, he is a he is what I call a Captain Same Face yes, artist. Everybody and, looks uh, very similar to each other. <laughs> that just that just doesn't work for the Hulk because the Hulk is the Hulk. <laughs> and he just looks like this giant Hulk with a regular dude's face. <laughs> it was just really disturbing. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Preacher, I still haven't had a chance to check out the show. I really like the comic. Um, it's, it's, it's remarkable. And uh, it, 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 this guy's passing is a damn shame. And I appreciate you bringing it to the, the attention here and, Curse you, 2016. Son of a bitch. It's, it's, it's unrelenting. Seriously. Unrelenting. Um, quickly, Gilmore Girls trailer came out. Yay. It was entertaining. It was, it was good. It's long. Um, <laughs> it was long. I, I just love that there was a... There was like a really quick clip of a scene with Lorelai and Suki, like the, sh- the, the makers of the show are like, look, she's really there. We really got her. That was, that was pornographic. <laughs> I, I did find that the giant painting of uh, Edward Herman was hilarious. Aww. I kind of want one. <laughs> <laughs> Not in this house. I'm thinking on this house. <laughs> um, uh, one thing, one aspect of the trailer that I really liked was that it seems to be about Lorelai and Rory, obviously, but it's really also about Emily and her moving on to the next phase of her life after losing her husband. And I think that is um, an unexpected part of the story. I wasn't expecting to see so much Emily in the show, and, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I am too. So, real quick, Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, is told through four 90-minute chapters, each spanning one season, winter, spring, summer, fall, and bring back everything to life, from the quaint corner diner to the dreamy dragonfly in. To a fast-talking, quick-witted mother-daughter love story, unlike any other. So it's more Gilmore Girls. <laughs> like they didn't change the formula, which is good. Good, good, good. Quite. Uh, just two more. Jessica Jones. I- I'm happy to he- see this. Okay. Um, apparently, the, in two, th- <laughs> like they haven't started filming Jessica Jones yet, but the executives have stated that all 13 episodes will be directed by female directors. Now, two things. I like, I, I, I'm, I'm split on this one. One, I'm very happy to hear that, that female directors are getting this type of pedestal to work on. That's fantastic. But honestly, as long as they're, they're good, they have to be good. Because... I think, yeah, no, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I definitely do. You want to make sure that you're not just picking women for the sake of picking women. Right. But I think what Netflix learned with the overwhelming success of Luke Cage is that if you have people who have the same perspective as the characters you're writing about, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you have them doing the directing, it's going to be more authentic. Because, I mean, Luke Cage was the blackest show yes. that ever blacked. And it was goddamn great because of mm-hmm. it. It was unapologetically exactly what it was. And so Jessica Jones being a show that's largely about female characters, having it be directed by a woman makes sense mm-hmm. because it's that is providing that perspective that a man can never achieve. <sighs> Way to steal my point, honey. I'm sorry. 
I, I, my worry is that if if it's thirteen independent directors, and whether they're men, women, I don't care. I <laughs> children, dogs, dogs, puppies, Eskimos. I don't care. If, if female dogs, if they're, I did not say that. If if they aren't of all the same mindset, the show is going to be lacking for that. Like it, it's going to be worse off. As I think the Marvel Netflix team has proven that they are, you know, overall very um, on the side of having a cohesive vision for a season of a show. Mm-hmm. Good. I, I think, have complete faith in that. Yeah, I don't think they're going to let that happen. Have it have it be a disjointed kind of thing. So it's not slated till 2018. So Whatever. we're going to get Iron, yeah. got Iron Fist, Fist and, and Defenders. Defenders. So... And, and maybe Daredevil. I, I was just about to say that it? maybe I don't know, but we're getting at least Iron Fist and Defenders in there. So her storyline will change uh, with the whole team aspect. Based on what happens with yeah, Defenders? So, yeah. So um, not necessarily what happens with Iron Fist, but definitely with the Defenders. All right, and finally, I saw this real quick before we started recording. Um, NBC is rebooting the computer hacker movie Sneakers. I love this movie. Um, it was a lot of fun for me. I'm slightly worried at the fact that it's a it's a classic for me that they're you know rebooting and it's the reason the reason it's a classic is because it's about computer technology from back then. That's why it's good. If they just update it and try to you know regurgitate the same story type, that's Mr. Robot. I got that already. So I'm I'm worried, yet happy that this is this is this is gonna happen. Um, what really caught my eye in this article, which of course will be in the show notes, um, already in the works this season are reboots of Enemy of the State for ABC, Dynasty for the CW, War of the Worlds for MTV, Magnum P.I. for ABC, The Lost Boys for CW, Varsity Blues for country music television, The Departed for Amazon, and let the right one in for TNT. Oh, and Law and Order. So, uh, I think that's LA Law. Oh, excuse me, LA Law. My mistake. I apologize. Um, <laughs> you Chris, almost just Chris almost passed out. Chris into no, a frenzy. <laughs> My bad. Um, he he's been playing tiddlywinks with your heart, dear. <laughs> this is this is too much. We need new ideas. This is this is too many too many reboots. Yeah, I mean they're just a bunch of lost boys these days. Oh, I mean, boo! They're gonna carry on this dynasty. They have to let the right one in. Go ahead, figure out how to get a Magnum PI in there. You guys, I'm not kidding. Since we had a second child, his dad jokes quotient has gone up like 200. percent I've been considered an enemy of the state. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm going to start a war of the worlds over here. <laughs> well, I, I, whoa, careful. We know how Chris feels about that. Um, uh, yeah, uh, we don't want to give him the varsity blues. <laughs> yeah. And, and, Still no know, Magnum PI. <laughs> in that case, then I'm going to be the departed. I don't want to break the LA law, but I really have to Magnum PI right now. <laughs> that was weak sauce, sir. All right, that's all I got for news. You guys got anything else? No. All right, Chris. I mean, I don't. Chris, yeah, you got a spiel for me. I do. You suck. <laughs> <laughs> Are taking too long to load you, on my computer night. screen. <laughs> I mean, I was looking right at it. I was just trying to come up with something clever. <laughs> Master of the segue, Chris Randazzo. Yes. Everyone, <laughs> master. <laughs> You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest and greatest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, because Geekade was taken. Or follow us specifically at Twepcast. You can also find... No, seriously, if you know the person that just has at Geekade... Please let us know, because the person hasn't tweeted anything in, like, 50 years, which is really weird because Twitter isn't that old, uh, and you just just sitting there, and I can't, we can't get it, because 
whatever. I'm sad. <laughs> you can also find us individually on Twitter. You can follow my sadness at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K R I S. Evan is available for joyous conversation at Geekade underscore Evan. I had to think and about that. And Karen, my lovely wife, is available at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If for some reason you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, get your head checked. <laughs> and then be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, except on Stitcher, because I don't think you can leave reviews there. But if you do it on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, because we love you. We give you five stars every freaking day. And any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day, including five-star reviews of you, our listeners. Back to you, Evan. Thank you, sir. Okay. Karen. Yes, indeed. You still with us? Okay. You're up next for next week. What do we got? Uh, Next week, we're going to be checking out uh, the musical comedy from the CW. I'm looking at Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Season 1, Episode 4. I'm going on a date with Josh's friend. All right. Fantastic. All right. I appreciate both of you taking the time out to talk with me about a show that I'm really happy that you liked. Um, Yet again, please check out the show notes and our Twitters and all of that stuff. So, up until next week, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. She's a vampire bat. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.